and start on whatever level you can, physical, mental, you know, we hope that you'll, you know, entertain starting on a spiritual journey as well, you know, and combine all of those things, you know, follow the wisdom, you know, in material society, they say, follow the money. <laughs> we say, follow the wisdom. <laughs> and uh, you'll feel better right away, you know, really, you will, you'll feel better inside. Hey there and welcome to the Breaking Trail podcast. This is where you learn to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. My name is Ruben and today's talk is about lifestyle choices and making those small steps for great positive change in our life. So I'm really excited about this and I'm very happy to have you here. And let's dive right into it. But that's, you know, in India, it's like, it seems from what I, from what I know and, and, I, and I went there, I've been there a couple of times, like it's the desserts are not so filling, but they're really, really, really sweet. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't eat so much, but the little thing you eat is like super sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> kind of like an espresso in, in food version, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. What desserts do you like, Balakia? What's that? What what desserts? What do I like? Yeah. What, what what's your favorite dessert? In Indian desserts, you can do both. You can do Indian and and any. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Mango ice cream. Wow. Yeah. That's number one. Mango ice cream. And you can add to that a lot of different things. Do you, do you find that anywhere? Uh, at bras in Toronto. Oh, I see. <laughs> you went there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. We, we have to tell the listeners and viewers about bras in Toronto. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my number one restaurant. Huge vegetarian buffet, yeah? Or... Completely vegetarian. You don't even have to worry. Does this have eggs? Does this have some chicken broth? No, nothing. It's all strictly vegetarian and amazing and huge variety. You know, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. All buffet, all you can eat. Brass in Toronto. We are not sponsored by <laughs> anyone. No, we're not. That's but I tell you, if you're going somewhere to really have the best restaurant, that's it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so nice just that you don't have to worry. Like, I went to the northern parts of India once, and and that's, you won't even find a restaurant where you can get meat. It's all the restaurants, I mean, you, you can't get meat, everything is vegetarian. So that that's like that feeling of not being able to, like, nor not having to worry. It's just really nice. You can just... Yeah, it is. You know. You know. And I'll tell you another thing about bras, and I've eaten them many times. <laughs> you can eat a lot. And, you know, that's kind of like the norm, because... You know, it's all you can eat vegetarian. You Buffet. go there once a year or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the next day you feel fine. You don't feel like you just 
killed yourself, yeah. which is very unusual. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times you eat whatever kind of food and, and that much volume and you just you feel bad at the end, you feel bad the next day. But at Broad's, it's not like that for some reason. They got the spicing down perfect, so everything is enhanced in such a way that digestion is good. And Yeah. Well, well, that's a big thing that people don't think about, right? That spices are not just for taste, but they're actually really helping your digestion. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing in Indian cooking, you know, and certain spices for certain dishes yeah. and, you know, milk dishes like something made with dairy. It's got cardamom and different things in it to mm. to make that dish you know digest properly and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no my wife is really into ayurveda as you know lynn so she's <laughs> we're we're all on board of ayurveda here it's really <laughs> yeah ayurveda is the number one number one health system yeah and the reason is is because it comes from the vedas and it's handed down, just like our, you know, transcendental knowledge is handed down since time immemorable through a line of perfect masters. Our Vedic science has been handed down for thousands of years as well. Yeah. And they have Ayurvedic scriptures written in original Sanskrit. And, you know, it's like very different. They're not experimenting all the time trying to figure out what happens if you do this and that. and right. Oh, we found a new way to cure this and a new way to do that. And Ayurveda, they don't, they're not experimenting with anything. They're just applying this science. And another interesting <clears throat> point in Ayurveda, there's one of the incarnations of God, Danvantari. I just read about that. And That's, yeah. He, yeah, and he's the god of medicine. I mean, he is the source of this Ayurvedic knowledge and protocol. And, you know, if the Lord himself says this is <laughs> how it should be done, who can argue with that? The, Lynn was very happy because she, she has been taking an Ayurvedic course and, you know, they're not really, we'll put it like this, a lot of, a lot of, there, there's a lot of impersonal teaching within within uh, the Ayurvedic field. So so they didn't say that detail. But then Lynn asked me, and I, so I searched the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam for the name, and I found a lot of passages about... about oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's... And in authentic Ayurvedic medicine, like <clears throat> we know of a, a clinic in India, in Kerala, where uh, it's authentic. I mean... The, the the doctor there, you know, he's been practicing for many, many years. His father was an Ayurvedic doctor. Yeah. His grandfather was an Ayurvedic doctor. You know, it's a handed down uh, tradition through the family. And before they do any procedures, they always offer whatever the uh, the treatment may be to Don Vantari. Oh. You know, or they ask for his presence or his blessings or... Yeah. They honor Don Vantari with, and they make all the, the herbal com, uh, compositions right there. <clears throat> they grow a lot of the herbs or they buy them locally and yeah. grind them up. And then, you know, they make their own Shawan Prash and, yeah, yeah. you know, all the oils that they use for their, 
their massage, you know, they uh, they they make those oils right there. They would cook them, you know, for hours and hours with the herbs that are that's, applicable to the application of the oil and that's so on. Great. That's something completely yeah. different from what we have now. So when you get panchakarma there, it's the real deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People talk about that a lot, panchakarma. That's yeah, famous. Yeah. Yeah, mm. you, see, you know. But that's now nowadays we have the Western medicine, and it's just like one pill for everything. And well, that's a little bit <laughs> different for Ayurveda. I mean, it's it's not. <laughs> Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a mass-produced one. A, build it. They have a lot of, uh, well, they have complete faith in, in, you know, their scriptures and how they apply them and etc. Balancing the doshas and. Yeah, we're yeah we're 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 going to speak a bit about diet today. I wanted us to speak about lifestyle and, as as I wanted to also use you as an really an inspiration for health and vitality. I mean, I, I think there are a few, <laughs> few, few people of your age at 77 that are that, uh, you know, up and running and, and, and healthy and, and happy. <laughs> so, you know, just <laughs> like uh, I told, I spoke to, to Slava, your technician over there, and he said, you know, we're going to reveal your secrets finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's no secret, man. It's not like some secret pill that I have. It's it's just the way you live your life, you know. Yeah. And one thing that uh, that is true, and you can see it in Ayurveda, but other places as well, you know, you can't just destroy your body to the end and then hope to bring it back in, in some very short period of time just by doing a couple of things you should be doing. You know, you got to start early on in life. I mean, you build your health from the time you're born. Mm. And if you've lived a healthy lifestyle all the way through, then it, it, you just basically, you know, stay healthy. Yeah. You know, I remember in Australia, I used to go there a lot. And where I would stay, there was a, a neighbor, and he was in his 70s at that time. And he was so fit. And if you looked at him from the back, you'd think you were looking at a 25, 30-year-old guy. You know, he was always in his little, you know, Australian swimmers, I call them, <laughs> little brief shorts, you know. And uh, Like he was— and Like I said, you look at him from the back and you think, oh, there's a 25, 35-year-old 30, guy. You know, but if you looked at him in his face, you could see, he, you know, he had some years— on him. And, uh, you know, you'd see him out on the beach and he'd be out there with a shovel digging a big hole in the beach. And I go, Jim, what are you doing? He said, Oh, I'm just getting exercise. He'd dig this big hole and then he'd fill it back up. <laughs> and uh, anyway, we talked a bit about, it, about health. And he says, you know, you got to start young. He said, you can't wait till you're old to start doing this. My friends come to me that were in high school with me and so on and say, Jim, give us your secret to health. He said, man, it's too late for you. You know, they're 50, 60 years old, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, been drinking a lot and doing all these things for eating the wrong food and everything for years. He said, it's too late for you, man. You can't turn it around like that. 
So, so how, how old was Jim, this this guy? He he was, like I say, probably early 70s, oh, yeah, late so. 60s, something like that. Mm. You know, there was a point across the bay. I mean, it was a long ways away. And he would, you know, a few times a week just jump on a paddleboard and paddle out to the point and, all, and come back, just staying healthy, you know. Wow. And uh, he said, kiss me in good nick. In good nick. You know, <laughs> nick is, is a good health, you know, good condition. Um, keeps me fit. Yeah. You know, that's Australian slang. That's that's amazing. And it, and it reminds me about something that um, an Ayurvedic specialist told me. I, I don't know. But he said that, like, we, the way that we see age is not really proper because we, we, we see it as, like, the prime time and then it's just gradually degrading. But he said it, it doesn't have to be like that. He said that the Vedic word for, for age is, like, more that you're, you're growing. It doesn't have to be just, like, uh, a decline. <laughs> right, right. Analysis. <clears throat> so, you know, unhealthy lifestyle leads to unhealth. But that requires... So if you... Mm-hmm. No, what were you going to say? I can... No, go ahead. <laughs> No, I, I, I was just saying, well, that requires determination. That's a huge part of it. You know, if you're going to have a healthy life, if you're going to, if you're going to like keep being consistent and, and making those good choices, that requires a lot of determination. Well, you've got to have a reason. Yeah. You know? There has to be a reason to do anything. Anybody that's determined it has a reason to be determined, you know, whether it's making money or you know, being, you know, on the podium at the Olympics or or whatever it is, you know, the best singer or, or whatever. So you got to have a reason, you know. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family that had a healthy lifestyle. I mean, they weren't vegetarians. Nobody was vegetarian when I grew up. I mean, we didn't even know the word. It was, <laughs> it was like no such thing. But, you know... I was on a farm in rural North Carolina, and, you know, most of the vegetables came from our own garden. You know, we had our own cow with, you know, fresh milk every day. And, you know, there was a lot of exercise involved in our lifestyle. And my mother was, she didn't have any training at anything, but she just had intuition, you know, about... This is good to eat, and this is not good to eat. And so we never had a lot of candy and sweets. We had some cookies, uh, but not much, you know. And, and uh, you know, I'd pack, she'd pack me a lunch if we were going out somewhere on a school outing or with guys or whatever. And they'd pull out their meat sandwiches, and I'd have peanut butter and raisin sandwich. <laughs> on whole wheat bread. <laughs> <laughs> peanut, peanut butter and... Okay, so so what I'm used to is hearing like peanut butter and jam, but peanut butter and, and raisin, that's new. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, uh, it was just, you know, fortunate for me that that was the case. You know, and but I always knew if you're healthy, you feel good, you can do all the things you want to do. And if you don't feel healthy and and, and sickly... If you feel sickly, then, you know, life is way less fun. You know, you, you just can't. And I was all in about having fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do, whether it was running or hiking or hunting or whatever it was. 
but but then you know. but then people could say the same but well eat, eating candy is fun but you have to be able to somehow put off the short term satisfaction for the long term satisfaction well yeah and you know how much fun is candy you know <laughs> really you know and it's over so quickly and you just feel crap yeah you know so you know i don't know i just had an awareness of this you know and and some people didn't and uh, I also understood that excess anything was not good, you know. So, again, moderation was just kind of something that I understood. And that's, and that's the root of the yoga lifestyle as well, that you're living is, is moderation. Yes, it is. So, and, you know, by the, then I, I, you know, in 1969, I became a vegetarian you know, because it was part of the yoga uh, system, and I was becoming more and more interested in yoga. And at that time, there were a lot of people in the the so in the group I associated with. You know, it was kind of like the beginning of the hippie movement, and <laughs> a lot of hippies were vegetarian. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, back to nature kind of idea. And you know, of course, I was living right by the ocean in Hawaii and surfing every day, and you know. Again, you know, it just kind of was part of the story. You know, it kind of was just what you do. Why not do it? You know, if, if you could, I, you could obviously experience you're making progress here. You know, not only physical progress, but you're making, you know, conscious progress. You're yeah. becoming more in tune, yeah. not only with your body, but with nature and sure. with yeah. everything that's important and. I just again kind of understood that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, but so yeah. Anyway, I I went through different diets. You know, first just you know not eating meat. You know, like I we talked the other day. I was working in a steakhouse. <laughs> we talked about that already. I quit that very you know, but but uh, I remember in ni- I was in the military at the time in the reserves and. Uh, so I had a six-year obligation, and when it was over, I had to have a, a physical to get discharged. I had to have a discharge physical. So I go to Honolulu to this big, you know, military hospital, and you know, spent I don't know five, six hours there going through all these different tests of wow. everything. Yeah. You know, and you just go from one doctor to another. This one would test your eyes. This one would test. You know your your reactions to certain things. This would test your blood and blah blah blah. And then at the end, and and you got a report from each doctor. And at the end, you took all these reports and went back to this main guy and just handed him the results of the test. Yeah. And so he would review everything, you know, and and then give you his analysis. So, you know, he's looking at all these reports, and he looked at me, and he said, you know, do you jog? I said, no, I don't jog. I never liked jogging. Oh, you never? <laughs> I never did. I said, no, I don't jog. I said, I surf a lot. Ah. He said, oh. I said, why? And he said, because you're in perfect health. Wow. I said, oh, that's good. You know, I said, oh, yeah, and by the way, I'm a vegetarian. And he just had a, a shock. He said, what? You're a vegetarian? I said, yeah, 
for the last two years. He goes, oh, he said, you've got to eat liver at least three times a week. No. And you need to eat chicken no. three or four times a week. But, but, and you need to eat steak at least once a week. But, 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 I say, wait a minute. He, he just said you you're just healthy. Told me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just told me I'm in perfect health. Why I need to eat this? And he couldn't answer my question. Finally, he said, okay, he stamped my paper and said, get out of here. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, you know, two years is one thing, but, you know, wait, 10 years, if you haven't had your livers, and after 10 years... Yeah, you know. but, no, he didn't even go there, man. He just wanted to get rid of me, you know. I was like, <laughs> I was in the way. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, the, the, and that, that, yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions about that. For example, like, only vegetarians have lack of B12, or only vegans have lack of B12. Well, that's not the case. There's a lot of meat eaters, and I think, I don't know the statistics, but I don't know any statistics saying that there are more B12 deficiency among vegetarians or vegans. I, I, I haven't seen such yeah. research. So. And B12 is not even in the meat, really. It's a bacteria that grows, and it grows on meat, but it grows other places too. You know, it's not like meat is just packed with B12. No. You know, it's the bacteria. It grows in soil. Like and the... I always, yeah, and I always tell people, if you're worried about this, then just take a, a B12 supplement. What's the problem? Yeah. You know, and there's so many available now. B complex, if you want, you know, and it's so simple. And now your worries are over. You can be a vegetarian and not have to think you're going to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I know there's a lot of misconception there. But so perseverance. But what's what's the what's the um, you know what's the most important thing? Let's put it like that. In in because you're you're saying well you gotta like keep it for a long time. So we we, we talked about the vegetarian diet. Is that like what's the what's the one is thing? Is that what now? What's the question? What's the one thing that's the most important to, to follow in this lifestyle of being healthy? Oh, I don't think you could say just one thing. You know, again, that's the Western style. Well, if I'm only going to do one thing, what should I do? <laughs> you know, well, yeah, vegetarian diet would be high on the list. But you know, you can have a vegetarian diet and eat junk food. <laughs> You know, I'm junk food vegetarians are very sick. I know them. I've seen many. Oh, I'm a vegetarian. But what do you eat? And they eat just crap, you know, but there's no meat, you know. And so even if you eat very correctly, you know, and you're getting proper nutrition, if you don't have any exercise, you're still not going to be healthy. Yeah. You know, the body's a machine. Hmm. And like any machine, it has requirements for it to operate at its optimum level. You know, so the body is a machine. Food is very, very important, you know, but if you eat the right food with no exercise, then again, you're missing a part of the the program, you know, the, the, the necessity, the requirement for health. You got to exercise and not just exercise once in a while, you know, like, oh, once a week I do something. No, every day. You know, every day you need to do some exercise. And people say, well, that means I got to go to the gym every day. 
You know, I never been to the gym. I mean, I have, but <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was never for me. I, I didn't like the gym. I didn't like that artificial me neither. environment, you me know, neither. weights and machines and sweaty people and, <laughs> you know, I tried to throw everybody off, looking. But... Yeah, everybody looking at everybody else. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I never was attracted to that at all. You know, it was it was just not fun to me. But outside activities, you know, was always attractive to me. And nature is is an ingredient in the health formula that you can never get inside a gym. Hmm. Nature is not inside the gym. Nature is out in nature. You know, again, there's a design to this whole system we live in called the material world. Yeah. You know, and that includes a material body and the things that are necessary for it to be in optimum health. Nature is one of the ingredients, you know, that fuels that, not only physically but mentally. You know, there's so much anxiety and stress and mental health issues now, you know. And, you know, we live in all these artificial environments. Exactly. You know, and therefore we cannot be healthy as a result. Hmm. You know, nature is soothing and calming. And finally, you know, the, the, the doctors or the health experts are beginning to, to recognize the importance of that. You know, and again, not only physical, but mental. You know, the stress level for people today is higher than it's probably ever been, ever. Yeah. And we've created that. You know, that's a product of our ingenuity. <laughs> and it destroys us. You know, one of the main causes of disease. I remember one health expert said 86% of all disease is caused from stress. I've read something similar. It's crazy. <clears throat> it's... You know, and, and we've, we've just buried ourselves in a, a stress-filled environment yeah. from from day to day, from year to year, and it just destroys us, you know? And it's going so, worse and worse. Nature's like that balm, you know? It's like that yeah. that soothing salve that just calms everything down, and, and you get so energized and so inspired, but a different kind of energy, you know? And, uh, you know, people drink all this Red Bull and monster and all these energy drinks you know it's, it's some people just have to have it to get through the day it used to be coffee and it still is into a you know huge degree yeah. but you know the next level is red bull yeah you know and and guys drink four five six a day and uh you know it's just poison Poisons your liver, poisons your kidneys, poisons. And it's and know. it's caffeine as well. It's it's again making the stress even worse. Yeah, it's just amped up caffeine. Yeah, I, I heard that it's like a form of amphetamine, like similar to amphetamine or something. Like it's it's similar to speed. Yeah, it gives the same like. Right, right, right. It yeah. So. The point is, we need to get natural energy from nature, from the food, natural foods we eat. So like I say, not just vegetarian food, but also, you know, organic food, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, all the chemicals that mankind has created to make things go bigger and better, you know, 
when I was uh, young, you know, that's when the whole chemical revolution came in, you know, in the 50s. And, you know, the farmers, I, I was raised on a farm, and the farmers were, you know, starting to be indoctrinated to, you know, use chemicals. Things grow better with chemicals. There were big billboards, I mean, seriously, on the side by Dow Chemical Company, which was one of the major producers of all this agricultural you know, fertilizer and everything. And, and things grow better with, with chemicals, you know, and farmers just started buying into it and doing it, you know. And like my father, you know, just used cow manure, chicken manure. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what it had always been before. What's wrong with that now? You know, and... Uh, Gradually, things, you know, became more and more polluted, more and more toxic. People started getting more and more cancer. You know, many farmers died of cancer because of their exposure to all these chemicals. You know, blood disorders and, yeah. you know, all kinds of... Infertility, I've heard. Direct results of this advanced way to grow food. <laughs> but, but that's, again, like it just, uh, I mean... The short-term thinking on an individual level, that feels like that's just a consequence of the short-term thinking, but in a bigger level. You know, yeah. We want is, more you know. now. We want more produced now. But what about five years? So what's the land's going to be like? And how is the earth and yeah. soil what it was going to be like? I mean. Right. You know. And then, the, you know, along came the GMO. Yeah. Wonderful invention, you know. <laughs> Oh, now we can genetically modify it. So you can spray it completely with Roundup, which will kill you, you know. But it won't kill the plant, it'll kill the weeds, but it won't kill the soybeans, you know. And uh, so anyway, that's, that's, you know, lust and greed and, you know, just self-centered money, money. Consciousness. The whole the whole Monsanto story. I mean, that's another. <laughs> that's a whole yeah documentary on that. So. Yeah, the, the world according to Monsanto. Yeah. But anyway, we can uh, go on about the things that shouldn't be done. But yeah. to live a healthy lifestyle, you got to know this and avoid it as much as possible. You know. I mean, come on, you can't avoid all pollution. You can't avoid all stress. Impossible. You can't do it. But you've got to do the best you can with what you've got. And the healthy diet, the exercise, being in nature and so on, counteracts a lot of this, you know, negative influence on our health. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, people don't uh, connect the physical health and the diet that produces that with mental mental health, health. yeah mm -hmm. you know there's a direct correlation between our physical health and our mental health you know so all this you know junk food that we eat not only affects the physical body but the mental body as well you know a lot of these mental issues are simply from diet you know and people have developed allergies to everything now. You know, the body's just reacting to what, you know, we're, we're exposing it to. So now you're allergic to, oh, I'm allergic to gluten. I can't eat gluten. Oh, I'm allergic to, to this and that and another thing, you know. 
And pretty soon, you're just allergic to everything. And then you get chemically sensitive. And you can't even live around people. Yeah. You know, you, you just have to hide away in a porcelain house or, you know, live deep in the forest in a tent or something. Or you just can't live, seriously. You know, I have a, had a friend, and who, he became chemically sensitive because he was making kids' toys, furniture and so on. And he was vegetarian, but he was just using all these, you know, shellacs and varnishes and paints and all the things that was part of the production of his toys. Of, of kids' toys, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he became chemically sensitive as a result, you know. And uh, so he just basically obviously had to quit that, you know. And then he he started trying to figure out, well, what could he exist in? What kind of an environment? Yeah. And so he started buying this one brand of trailer called, called Airstream trailers. They're made out of stainless steel. Uh-huh. And he would buy old Airstream trailers and completely gut them and then put in all the inside, inside the, the sinks and the stoves oh. and the cabinets and everything, you know, but all according to chemically sensitive people's demands. And each chemically sensitive person has a different set of things that, that they're sensitive to. Oh. So he would have a customer who was sensitive to this and this and this and this. So he would build one of these trailers so that wouldn't be there. Huh. And then they could live in that trailer. That was their refuge. That was like where they could find some relief. And I went with him one time to deliver one of these trailers. He lived in uh, Vermont, and he was delivering it to Maine, to a customer in Maine. And so we, we delivered the trailer there and pulled into this little logging road into the middle of the forest. And this woman, about late 30s, came out of the forest, and she was the one that was getting the trailer. And she was so bad that she'd been living in a tent in the forest by herself for two years Winter and summer, and in Maine, it's really cold in winter. What? Because she couldn't, and it had to be a special tent. It couldn't be just a normal go-buy-a-tent. No, no, no. You know, because she couldn't survive anywhere else, you know. But anyway, I guess the point is that's, that's what we're creating, you know, more and more and more and more, you know, in the name of progress and getting ahead and, You know, being on the computer hours and hours a day and, you know. And, and even, so we have to make some choices. I guess it goes back. Go ahead. No, that's it's even hard to avoid. Like you can you can do the best that you can, but it's to some extent like you. It feels like. Well, you, the more you, the more than you know, the more you can do. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. And you you have to act on something because when we speak about things like this, it feels like there's. I mean, for people, um, maybe like there's so many things that you should know about and they should avoid and you should, I mean, you could just get completely sucked into this and like try to, you know what I mean? It's like. Well, you know, God has made the human body very, very resilient. 
I mean, it's amazing what the body can withstand, you know. So if you support that built-in resilience with the diet, we, we were back to diet, right? The organic food, learn the Ayurvedic system of, of health, like what are your doshas, like what is your constitution, you know, are you vata pita, pita, kapha, kapha, vata, whatever, and then eat according to that, stay within that parameter of uh, requirements for the body to be in its optimum health, mm. keep those doshas balanced, you know, drink a lot of the best water you can get, not too excess, though. I mean, some people, and, and I was on a diet for four years that took that part of the formula to excess, you know. And so, drinking lots of water. Yeah, yeah, three, four liters a day, hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, it was having negative effects. You can overdo anything, wow. you know. So, uh And, uh, anyway, so an Ayurvedic doctor told me, how much water do you drink? I told him, he said, you don't need to drink that much water. <laughs> he said, he said, and also you know, warm water. Yeah, but I wasn't necessarily drinking warm water. No, I mean... I yeah, was, it should be. Should no, be. it should be. should be warm water, but not hot, you know, because that puts stress on the body too. Then you got to cool it down, you know, where you got to use energy to cool it or you got to use energy to warm it up. So... You know, warm water and uh, moderation, 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 and uh, and you know, different constitutions require more water than others. You know, dry constitutions require more. You know, kapha, you know, wet constitutions require less. And you know, it's a science here, but you know, the whole world just buried in science anyway. But science for the wrong reason. You know, all the scientists say this and that. You know, and so we got this. Disease, what's the science to cure it? Mm -hmm. You know, well, why not study the science of not getting the disease? And then you don't have to have the science to cure it. <laughs> you know, my mom told me unlimited times, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Hmm. You know, or, you know, in the metric system, you know, a gram of prevention is worth a kilo of, kilo of cure. And 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 I and I remember your father. You told me he said, like, if you don't start anything, you don't have to quit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was another thing, you know, which we didn't get to yet. <laughs> yeah, but we will. But uh, yeah, so diet and exercise. You know, walking is an amazing exercise, and you know the scientists have have shown that walking is. One of the best exercises. It's not extreme. You know, you're not overdoing anything. You don't have any need any special facilities to do it. Mm. You know, and you can walk fast. You can walk slow. Mm. You know, jogging is, is great, but it's, you know, very hard on the back and on the, the knees. knees. And, you know, women have, you know, trouble with their female organs from the constant pounding. And, uh. you know, uh, it's... You know, it, it, if you look at how, you know, mankind was designed, running was to get away from some danger, <laughs> you know. Like an emergency. Fight or flight. So I, you prefer to flight. You look at animals, they're not out just running all the time. <laughs> Unless it's the dog that you just let out, you know, and then he runs like crazy for a while <laughs> and 
comes and lays down and, you know, yeah. takes a nap. Or the cows when you let them out in the summer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, again, not natural. So, uh, so anyway, walking is very good. You know, cardio is good. If you want to get more cardio, just step <clears throat> step up to pace. You know, do some fast walks up some steeper inclines or whatever, you know, but you can breathe. And, and also, you know, now exercise has become a, a, a thing where you got to have a heart rate monitor and, a you know, a timer and, you know, a Fitbit on your wrist, you know, so you compare to how you did yesterday or what your competition has done or what you can post on the Internet to show your progress or Strava so people can see you know, how fast you rode this bike loop and, you know, and, and so it's all become competitive, you know, either with ourself mm. or with other people, which is, again, another level of stress. You know, it's not a relaxed thing where you just go out and, you know, just get to exercise and, you know, look at the, look at the tulips, so to speak, you know, look at the sunrise, look at the sunset and, mm -hmm. you know, breathe in that that fresh air as much as you can, you know, if, if, if the air is not fresh, you know, it is what it is, you know. And another little idea is time of day that you do things. You know, there's different energies at different times of the day. And uh, like that's part of, you know, the Vedic teaching. Like, like exercising? Exercising, exercising. Uh, Exercising, meditating, spiritual practice, working, productivity, uh, sleeping, mm. everything is, is on a timer. You know, nature is on a timer. The birds go to sleep at a certain time. They wake up at a certain time. They feed at a certain time. I mean, look at, look at deer, for instance. When do they feed? Early morning and late in the evening. Well, they do during the day. They basically rest. You know, you don't see many deer during the day. You see them early morning and late in the evening or, you know, late at night sometime on the road. You know, in other words, animals have a schedule according to time, the rhythms of nature. Yeah. You know, and the owl is, a, is another rhythm, you see. It's awake at night and it sleeps during the day. And that's its clock. That's its system. You know, and, and they follow that. You know, but again, humans throw everything out the window and do what we want to do according to our desires. You know, huh. what is fun for my senses, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I just read a, a thing that, that came just three or four days ago. And it said that night owls, meaning people that stay up late at night, yeah. you know, in the workplace are way less productive than the early birds, hmm. the people that get up early. But to get up early, you go to bed early. Yeah. And that's the rhythm. That's the system. And <clears throat> there's 24 hours in a day. And these three modes of nature, which we talk about frequently, goodness, passion, and ignorance, each one of those modes is more dominant at a certain period of the day. Right. So mode of goodness is most dominant in the very early morning hours, from 4 o'clock to around 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. Yeah. That's mode of goodness. And you can feel it if you're up that early. You can feel that everything is quiet and peaceful, and there's a very, very special energy. It's called prana. 
you know, at that, that time of the day. Hmm? So that's the best time for meditation, for spiritual practice of various types, for reading scripture, making offerings to the Lord, and so on. That's that's what it is, and that's why people in places of of spiritual practice, like ashrams and monasteries, and so on, they get up early. True, you know, and people see and that as a great austerity. <laughs> they don't get up early, you know, as that austerity. They get it up early because they get the most benefit for their practice at that time. Hmm. And it's stated in the Vedic scriptures that you will get more benefit from your spiritual practice at that time than any other time in the 24 hours, even if you do exactly the same thing wow. at another time. But, but There's more spiritual benefit. And that's a time that most people would never, I mean, when you say four, that sounds completely unrealistic, I think, for most people <laughs> to, to get up and, you know. Come on, it's the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when I go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people like that, yeah. yeah. So, okay, so that's that's what you do. You get up early and you take advantage of that. So if you're out for a walk at that time, then you're getting that energy, that prana and so on. I was in Hong Kong, 1972, you know, studying under a Tai Chi master. Oh. And he would tell me, okay... And he couldn't speak English, just one or two words. I mean, really, this was one of the old, real guys, you know. And he taught in—he didn't have a big dojo or something. He taught in his apartment, which was up about seven flights of stairs, about this wide. You almost had to turn sideways to go up the steps, you know. And he had one room, and in there lived he, his wife, his two kids, and the grandmother, you know. So— When we would do our, you know, practice, he would move, the whole family, other than himself, would go to the far end, and we would be at the other end, you know. But he knew how to say no, 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 because when I did something wrong, he would very easily say no, 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 no. But anyway, he said, go to the park, you know, at five o'clock in the morning and practice Tai Chi, you know. He said, the air is the best then. The energy is the best. You know? hmm. So I, of course, would, would go there. And the park was full of people, full. You could hardly find a place to do your Tai Chi because, you know, it was full of people doing their Tai Chi and Qigong and various, you know, wow. Chinese exercises for longevity. That's their whole deal. You know, the Chinese aren't spiritual people. They're people who want to live a long time. Yeah. You know. And if you want to impress a Chinese man or a woman, you know, he said, "How old you think I am?" And you say, "Maybe the guy maybe you think, "Oh, he's probably 70." But you say, "Oh, probably 50." Oh, you made his day. <laughs> I mean, he's like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> Dara, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I am 70. You know, then he tells you. you exactly. Know, and then he I'm feels 70. like really proud of like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and true, many of those 70-year-old people look much younger than they are. But, but is it still like that these days? Or has that sort of been, been lost? Well, I can't really say because I haven't been there. That was in 72. Yeah. 
I'd say it's not exactly like it is. Hong Kong is full of protests now. Yeah. <laughs> or was. It's not right this moment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point is, that time of day was the time to do those energizing exercises. Mm. Okay, then after that, 7, let's just be very lenient, 7.30, whatever. But you can feel it. Things start happening. Things start waking up. Things start moving. Things start buzzing. You know, the traffic increases. You know, telephones start ringing. It's time to go to work. You know, stress starts creeping in. Mm -hmm. You know, and so here you go, hustle, bustle. Now this is the mode of passion, and the mode of passion is pushing that. It actually facilitates this. Now, in that period of time, you do what you need to do. You do your work. You do your this, that, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know. Your active period of the day. Then around sunset, and again, if you're in nature, you can feel these rhythms. Around sunset, the sun starts going down, things quieten down, the birds start seeking their roost, quiet, peaceful. This is, again, mode of goodness. And again, it's the time for contemplation, sitting, watching the sunset, you know, and and doing your meditation and, you know, quiet times. And this goes till about 9 o'clock. So in our system, you know, our routine is in the evenings. That's when we also do our chanting and our, you know, our meditation, study the scriptures and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I lived on the north shore of Hawaii, uh, 19, like I say, late 60s, early 70s, late 60s, went on Oahu. And the whole community at sunset, the sunset into the ocean, would come out and just sit in front of their houses. The, the beach is right there, the ocean's right there. And you're, they're just people are just sitting there, some with their eyes closed, some doing some meditation, some just standing, looking at the sunset, but nobody's talking. Wow. Everybody's just peaceful and quiet, you know. Then the sun goes down after another 15, 20 minutes, then people kind of go back in the house or whatever, you know. Wow. It was that contemplation time, you know. So like I say, this goes to about 9 or 10 o'clock. Then the mode of Ignorance comes in. The mode of ignorance is characterized by sleep. The mode of ignorance helps you sleep. Yeah. This is how you use the mode of ignorance. And it's meant to be like that. So that's. Yeah, that's Krishna's arrangement. So you go to sleep early, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock should be the cutoff time, you know. And then if you get up at 4, you've got six hours sleep. If you go to bed at 9, you've got seven hours sleep, you know. You're refreshed. You slept when you're supposed to. You get up when you're supposed to. You're energized. It's not like you're groggy and hungover from, you know, going to bed too late and doing things you shouldn't even be doing anyway. You know? And now you've got a, you're in rhythm. You're in sync. And here's an interesting point that verifies this from science, you know. The, you know, during the day, we're, we're active, right? And, the, and a lot of damage is done in the body, mm-hmm. you know, to the muscles and to the different parts of the body, the organs and so on, which produces free radicals. Oh. And free radicals are not good. You see, they cause all kinds of trouble. They try to steal electrons and, you know, they cause, you know, decay, I mean, the, the damage in the cells and so on. But no worries because... Nature's arrangement, which is ultimately God's arrangement, 
has arranged a beautiful system. During the period of between 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning, 10 at night and 2 in the morning, there's a gland at the base of the brain called the penal gland, and it secretes a hormone which is the strongest antioxidant known. Hmm. And this hormone neutralizes the free radicals. The body repairs itself. It's night rebuild time. And then you're okay again. Now you're ready for the next day. See, self-repairing machine. How wonderful that is. (laughs) But it only occurs between 10 and 2, and you have to be asleep for it to work. Yeah. So if you're staying up till midnight watching the Late Late Show, you know, or doing whatever you're doing on your computer or whatever, your body doesn't repair itself. Hmm. And so that damage builds up and builds up, and pretty soon you got cancer. You know? Wow. <laughs> and there was a study done that women who work the night shift, and that's usually between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., they're nurses or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have, I think it was 20 or 30% more chance of getting breast cancer than the other ones who don't work at that time. You know? It's all connected. There's a, there's a system, and if we harmonize with the system, we will be healthy. Don't forget who the creator of the body is and the system is, and that's God. You, you, we've thrown this understanding and acceptance out of the formula of life, created our own formula yeah. due to our desires, yeah. and now we, we're sick. We're sick physically. We're sick mentally. We're destroying the planet. You know, you know, people are just destroying each other because when you're not feeling good, you're not feeling good toward other people either. No, for sure. You know, you're sharp. You're, you're prone to criticize. You're angry, you know, and we're not satisfied. And so lust is not being gratified, which it can never be. So, you know, anger is riding, you know. Yeah. On our shoulders all the time. Everything. Anger destroys you from the inside. It's a complete out of balance with how it should be. I mean, yeah, you know it says in Bhagavad Gita, Sri Bhaktivedanta Swami, that when one is angry, it pollutes his whole system hmm. and the environment around that system. Hmm. So, I mean, you're around a person that's angry. It's a it's a strange vibe, right? Yeah. You know, it affects you as well. So, there you go. And that you got affects your body. Yeah. I mean, the mental, that mental thing goes both ways. Body affects mind, mind yeah. affects body. Yeah, right. It, it's all connected. So, out of anger comes all the other things, right? You know, what are what are all the competitions and, you know, broken friendships and... and you know, the evil things people do and, and the, the road rage and, you know, on and on it goes, which ultimately leads to the wars and, hmm. you know, the hate and everything all stems from this. You know, people are so agitated, so angry that, you know, we just create, people talk about hell. We've we've already created that in, in spades and we're just... Getting better and better at it all the time, you know. Yeah. But could you, could you? So, so this routine. I mean, and this is again. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I've I've spoken to my dad about this, for example, and he's a bit like he says, "Well, for me, 
uh, it's better to go to bed late. So <laughs> I know it's just one, you know, that's always <laughs> what I hear all the time. But and another thing is if you could just share like what your day looks like. And, and I think people could be inspired by that. Like, how are you? Uh, they they might be inspired from a distance. <laughs> I don't think too many people want to get really involved in it. But anyway, I don't usually talk about these things. But since we're on this subject, and I've already you know talked about the benefits, so you know for me, this is me. Not I'm just saying anybody else has to do this, but for me, and I've worked this out over you know many 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 years, you know. I get up at 3.30 in the morning. You know, I take a shower, you know, and then I begin my meditation, japa meditation with japa beads. That's one of the meditations we do. We, if we haven't taught that on, on this uh, program, we can do that someday to show people how to do it. But anyway, so I do that, you know, and, and I do... I have a certain number on the beads. We go around, and when we chant on each bead, the Maha Mantra, one full mantra on each bead, there's, there's 108 beads. Then this is called one round. So I have, you know, been given a certain number of rounds by my spiritual master, Bhaktivedanta Prabhupada, when I was initiated, 16 rounds a day. Okay, so every day I do that. So I do half of those inside in the house. Mm. You know, quiet. I'm listening to my spiritual master chant, Japa meditation, a recording of that while I'm doing mine. And then I, you know, take a, a, a probiotic and uh, prebiotic and probiotic supplement, you know, because that's a good time to do that. So I do that, you know, and then I go for a walk. And I walk for about two hours, you know, and during that two hours I do my chanting on my beads while I'm walking, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I do a, a series of exercises you know, while I'm out there, you know, yoga exercises, incorporating some energizing exercises and uh, Tai Chi and kind of a little system I put together, oh, wow. you know. And uh, also during that first period of time, you know, I, I do a little Hatha yoga too, you know, to just stretch. Out, and, out, uh, in, out in nature, like outside. Oh, no. Well, sometimes in, in mostly in the house. Yeah. You know, I have a certain series of asanas I do in the house, yeah. you know, on the floor and the mat and so on. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then I, I, I do that. That's about a two-hour session. Mm -hmm. And out there I take a few, you know, I take a little more supplementation. I have some bee pollen. I drink some uh, water with uh, sulfur in it, mm. MSM. Yep. And... Uh, you know, I pay my respects to, you know, the rising sun and the moon and, you know, of course, the Lord and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I breathe. I breathe. <laughs> and try to take in that, that 
prana in that, that whole time and just feel that quiet period. And I never see anybody out there, never. I mean, uh, the area I'm in now, you know, I, I, a car wants to know I got a short distance on the road before I go into the forest. And, you know, once in a while a car will pass, but very, very seldom. Yeah. One, maybe two. So anyway, I'll come back. Okay, now I've, I've done my meditation. I've done my exercises. You know, I've taken some supplementation. Then I take some more supplements. Don't even ask me about that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. The got more, list more supplements. List is than, than, yeah. <laughs> and then I read scripture. You know, I read a, a session of scripture. You know, so this is before I see anybody. I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't, you know, communicated with anybody about anything mm-hmm. except the Lord. <laughs> and then, you know, then we have our morning program, we call it, where we make our offering to the Lord, we chant our mantra. That's when we come together, you know, and do our, it's called Mangalartik, where we make our offering and, you know, f- food and chanting and, Etc. Then after that, we listen to a lecture from our spiritual master, you know, and then that takes us up to around nine o'clock, you know. So from three thirty to nine o'clock, that's what I've done. Yeah. And then, uh, then we have breakfast, you know, and then after that, you know, I got to do my other busy kind of work. I check my emails, respond to my emails, and. Et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we have another online program at 11.30 for about an hour. 11.30, yeah, it's about an hour and a half. You know, again, we're chanting and reading from Bhagavad Gita. There's about 500 plus 500, 600 people involved in this online program. And then, you know, I go outside when it's a good day, get a little sun. You know, if I feel a little tired, I might take a nap. You know, and then depending on the day, 3.30 or 4, we have dinner. Mm. And then here I am with you. You know, and after you, then we'll have another online program for chanting uh, for another (laughs) hour and a half till till 8 o'clock, and then we'll read from Scripture till about 8.30 and then go up and have some tea and, you know, go to bed. <laughs> wow. And that's, that's, that works for me, you know. And, and, and then once a week we try to take a significant hike, you know, to, to get a little you know, more involved in the mountains and, yeah. you know, a little extended exercise, you know, and, you know, have some kirtan in the mountains and mm. some nice camaraderie and... Yeah, it's it's uh, it's working. And one of the things, you know, that, I know everybody can't do that. That's yeah. obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it's a gradual, it's a step by step thing. Again, we we just come back into that. That that's. And, yeah, yeah. But if you can get up a little earlier, you know, mm. maybe get up fifteen minutes earlier than you now are now, and do one round of japa, you know, or do garanga breathing meditation, and you know. Think about who you are. I'm spirit soul. I'm not this material body. Contemplate on some truth. We contemplate on everything but the real eternal truth. We're always focusing on the temporary. 
my job, my family, my, you know, desires I'm trying to fulfill, the money or whatever. Yeah. The temporary, we're not focusing on the eternal, you know, and this has a, leaves a big void in our life. Hmm. You know, so, you know, we can spend 15 minutes, if everybody can arrange 15 minutes, you know, instead of checking your social media, you know, see who, you know, liked what you posted or see what somebody else posted and you decide if you like it or not. And that's, <clears throat> you know, that's the first thing most people do in the morning. I mean, that's... Yeah, grab that stupid phone and a cup of coffee and just, you know, get lost in the the world. You know that video we showed one time, Lost in the World? <laughs> nice video, man. <laughs> we should... I should maybe like add that to the end or something so the people can take part of it. Yeah, but yeah. The, but and the funny thing is, I've I've really noticed for me personally a difference in my personal relationship to my wife Lynn, in that I set off this time for my spiritual practice in the mornings while I have like me time. But you say it's in a sense it's me time, but in a sense it's me and the supreme person. That's. It's such a nice time. Like like you say, even if you can get up 15 minutes before everyone else, your kids and everything. And if you, I mean, my, my way of thinking of it is just like, you don't really waste that time because if you do your yoga and your meditation, you're going to have more energy through your day anyway. And you're going to be able to sleep a little bit less so that you can actually take off this 15 minutes. And that's going to be like a bonus time for your... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people that sleep a lot more than that, it's because they're not in rhythm, you know. Their body's not really, you know, functioning as it's supposed to. So to compensate for that, you got to have more sleep, mm. you know, and you still feel groggy or not very good, you know, kind of, you know, brain fog and, and, and just not good, you know. It's true. And it says it can and, surely uh, be f- too much. But it's a lot about the quality as well. Absolutely. You know, quality of sleep. Quality of life is, is, is something that, you know, we people talk about, but mm. very few people have a very high quality life. You know, they got a very full life of just like food. They got a life full of junk. We got a, you know, belly full of junk. <laughs> you know, the, where's the quality here, you know? It's no quality, so. And it's a lot, that's, again, the central thing of Ayurveda, to have, like, the optimal health so that you can do what you want to do. Like, you have the purpose that you want to achieve in life, and then you, you can really fully do that instead of just, like, living forever and not really knowing, not having a purpose, clear purpose of what you're going to do with that time anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's another point. That's a good point. Like, Okay, good health, but for what? What are you going to do with this good health? You know, and uh, so if you're following the yoga system, you learn early on that human life is meant for spiritual realization, you know. Mm. And as you progress in the understanding of this subject, you understand that service to God is the ultimate purpose of the human form of life. Mm. So if you're healthy, you're full of energy, <clears throat> you can serve God joyfully. You've got a lot of energy to do some very good things. You know, and your mind is clear. You can come up with very nice ideas of how to be creative in serving God. You know, what can I do today? You know, oh, bing, oh, 
you know, and you've got the energy to do it. Maybe you kind of know what you want to do, but if you've got no energy to implement it, then you can't do it, or you're frustrated, or you try to do it, and it's too much. It's, it's, anyway, so good health is, is necessary no matter what you want to do, yeah. you know. And when you're healthy, you look better as well. And most people are so concerned with what they look like, you know. So, so, if, so, so if nothing you else, you want to look better, <laughs> be healthy. <laughs> you know, forget all the creams and the makeup and the, the fake stuff. You know that you put on top of the don't look good face, so you can look good. You know, just be healthy and clean, and you you've got a, a radiance, a vibrance. You know, it radiates through your eyes as well as, you know, the pores of your skin. And, you know, people are attracted to that. You know? So if nothing else motivates you, then? That, that's what it takes. You know, that, that's a step in the right direction, you know. Yeah. And gradually we can go beyond that. You know, you got to start somewhere. You know, we can't start with perfection. We can talk about perfection. But unless a person's very, very far along in his spiritual journey to perfection, he can't start way up the ladder. No. He's got to start where he is, you know. So you add this piece, that piece, this bit, that bit, you know, and pretty soon you're inspired to, to go to a higher level. Mm. And not only physically, but mentally, and not only mentally, but consciously and spiritually and awareness and and it, one builds on the other and, and that's a beautiful thing that it's yeah one builds on another and you just let go of things like it's not a big struggle like we've talked about vegetarian food but this is one example it's just like you choose the good habits you choose the, the things that you know are good for you and good for that for others and in your and you're coming closer to the supreme person and then the rest is like it's not so important anymore it's just yeah it's like your priorities change Mm -hmm. And what you're attracted to changes, and what makes you feel good inside changes. Mm. And maybe what used to make you you thought feel good makes you feel bad now. You know, it's like, ooh. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do that stuff, you know. It's, it's not good. Mm. So you become wise. You know, we talk about wisdom you know this is wisdom and it's it's real wisdom you know knowing knowing what you or knowing what you do and and doing it for that purpose or doing it for the right purpose or yeah <clears throat> and even if somehow you're not at a point where you're fully doing it yet you have the wisdom to know that's where i'm headed that's what i want to do that's where the goal is, you know. So, you know, sometimes wisdom, practice doesn't catch up with the wisdom for a while sometimes. Pract practice you know. doesn't... Catch up with the wisdom. Aha. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while. Mm -hmm. You know, again, back to diet, that's kind of how we started this thing, right? You know, the, you, you accept... This is a good diet. This is how, it, but you're not quite able to implement it yet. But you keep moving toward it, you know. Mm. So the wisdom is guiding you. Mm. 
So the wisdom of the Vedas, you know, the wisdom of yoga, the wisdom of the spiritual masters is the perfect wisdom, you know, to, and we have to allow ourselves to be guided by that, you know. Hmm. So even if I'm not wise, if I'm guided by someone who is wise, yeah. then I become wise. So you don't need to... That's wisdom in itself. Knowing I don't know, but they know, you take me where I need to go. So you don't need to climb the ladder and try to be someone that you're not. You can only get inspired by the people that you understand are wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. no, it's, it's a journey. Life is a journey. It really is. And, you know, knowing what we know is an eternal journey because we're eternal. Hmm. It's not going to end when the body ends. You know, the journey is not over. This is just one blip on the radar. I mean, this is like nothing, you know. So we're going to be on the journey regardless. So why not make it the best journey we can make it? And that comes with the wisdom that we've been referring to. Right. The guidance, you know, the help. And if you don't... Knowing, I don't know, but I want to know. And this person knows and I can learn from them. You have a map of where to go. I always use that example, you know, as, as a hiker as you are. It's like, you, you got to know where you are. Otherwise, you're just going to walk in circles. <laughs> You've told yeah. the story many times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, walking in circles, not, not falling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. So, so anyway, that's that's kind of the idea. Simple life, you know. The uh, there's the saying in the Vedas: simple living, high thinking. Mm -hmm. That's how it's supposed to be. Simple life. Do we need all these extra things? Do we need all this? you know, success materially? Do we need all these things that we don't have or yeah. or not? You know, do I need all this complicated stuff in my life? Mm -hmm. And that can also translate to relationships, you know. You know, um, you can make relationships very simple or you can make them very complicated. You know, and the more complicated it is, the more difficult it becomes. You know, we complicate our life, you know, almost like intentionally. If we have a simple life, we're not, we're not feeling good about that. You know, my life is too simple. I want to complicate it. Why, why, why do we do that? <laughs> because I know. <laughs> I can see myself in that description as well. <laughs> but why? Because... That's the illusion, you know, because complication means more things, more gadgets, more relationships, more success, more blah, 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 which is all part of the illusion, you see, that this will make me happy. Mm -hmm. you know? But it has the exact opposite effect, you know. And if, you know, there's an old lady, I, you may have heard of her that's been living in the... I, I'm, actually don't know if she's still in her body, but a few years ago, two or three years ago she was. She's been living in the taiga, which is the, you know, the forest of, of Russia. You know, mm -hmm. Siberia is normally associated with the taiga. 
You know, for 70-plus years alone, you heard about her? I, if so, I think you have told me about her, but I can't remember the details now. Anyway, you know, it's a long story, and we don't want to take up a lot of time with it, but, you know, due to circumstances, she was born in the taiga, and, you know, she had four, there was four children, I think, Mother and father, they were escaping from from religious persecution when 1939, when communism was persecuting, you know, these people. They were old believers. So the father just escaped into the taiga and built a, a simple house, you know, and they learned how to survive, you know, with nothing, you know, from the land, you know. And anyway... One by one, the father, the mother, the children died, and she was left alone. And she's been there for like 70-plus years, you know, and every day she has her routine. She gets up early. She reads her Bible. She has her, her little, you know, spiritual altar and her offering and, you know, so on. And then you can imagine most of the day is spent arranging her survival, you know, she's got a store up for winter, and on and on the story goes. But she was thriving. This is the point. She wasn't like some mental case. She was thriving. And she was discovered by some geologists who were doing some work in the area. And uh, so anyway, you know, then she became known, and different groups have gone in to see her kind of thing, and interview her and make videos of her and whatever. whatever. But she, had a, she has a simple lifestyle, and she, wouldn't, she didn't want to come out. She went into the nearest town, you know, a couple of times because she learned that she had some relatives there. Uh-huh. She went twice, I think, and she said she'd never go again. Both times she got sick because she's got no immune system uh-huh. for all the diseases that might be present where people are. You know, she's been isolated from all that. And uh, she said it was just too busy, cars and traffic and blah, blah, blah. So she's very happy in the taiga, you know. And she's got what? She's got her and her dog. I think she's got a cat, you know. And uh, so there you go. Simple life. Yeah. Wow. So simple living is, is a good thing. It's the Vedic system. It's the Vedic way, you know. If if your quota that's given to you by your karma and so on is, so you have a lot, then you have a lot. If your quota is that you have very little, you have very little, and you're okay with that. It says, accept that which is set aside as your quota, and do not accept more, knowing well to whom everything belongs. So the Lord gives a certain individual a lot. He gives another individual very little, and each one can use whatever they've been allotted, you know, of course, for their maintenance, but also in their service to God, you know, and each one is just as pleasing as the other. You know, the person that has zero almost is just as pleasing in his devotion as the person who has the greatest wealth, Hmm. you know, and uh, so that's that's wisdom. You see, this is what we're talking about. This, there's the Sri Shupanishad, one of our Vedic scriptures, you know. And there's 18 verses, and they're sometimes referred to as the 18 pearls of Vedic wisdom. Hmm. 
You know, these these are like gems. They're like pearls. And, you know, that's one of them, you know, your quota, you know, information. And uh, so you try to imbibe that wisdom, you know, Hmm. and and use your intelligence to, to resist all the things that try to take us away from that. Mm. And keep your that purpose in mind, and, and so that and you th- people will say, "Well, if people lived like you do, what would society be? There'd be no prosperity." And Vedic civilizations, you know, we have lots of information about ancient Vedic civilizations, and they were prosperous beyond anything we can dream of. Mm-hmm. You know, there were saintly priests, Brahmins. They were the heads of the society. They guided. The administrators, which were the kshatriyas, the politicians, the warriors, yeah. the caretakers of society, you know, and, and but they were guided by the wisdom of the Brahmins, you know, and the, they, you know, took care of the, the citizens, and that included all the animals and plants, all living entities, not just humans, yeah. as if they were their children, you know, and... You know, so then there was the uh, the worker, not the worker class, but the provider class. They were known as the vaishas, you know, the bankers, the merchants, the farmers, you know, that provided the necessities for society. And then there were the the sudras of the worker class, those who to, who provided, you know, necessary labor to support the activities of the other classes. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody had their positions according to their natural proclivities. You know, some were, you know, naturally workers, some were naturally, you know, Brahmins, some were naturally leaders and, and or providers. And, you know, it wasn't like you, it was by birth and you were relegated to that mm. forever. You know, it was like according to your tendencies. Right. And it was all in connection with serving God, you know, and the, the, the prosperity was unlimited, you know, all the demigods, the providers of the water and the air and, you know, everything that we need to survive were pleased. They just, you know, Mother Earth was producing profusely and, you know, because the Lord was pleased and everybody was, was you know, so, you know, full in, in their lives, see. So it was perfect. That was the system known as Banishram. See, so we can't think if we don't do what we're doing now, everything will fall apart. <laughs> Everything's yeah. falling apart now because we're doing what we're doing <laughs> it now. It is, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's know? becoming more and more clear in these times. You know, if you, if you didn't see it before, then at least it's getting clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so. Wow. Yeah. That's, you know, how it is. But, of course, you know, yes, I've been very fortunate to have good health. That's my karma. You know, I've, I've tried to, you know, do what I could do, you know, on my end to support that. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been good. You know, it's, it's worked well for me. But I understand very clearly at any moment, you know, the whole thing can fall down, you know, in a second. It's not like I'm, you know, thinking, oh, I got it wired. You know, karma is what it is. It's the Lord's will is what it is. And, you know, when it's over, it's over. 
and and, and and that brings me just kind of back to some kind of conclusion i guess we we should make like that start now like now is the time to start you never know how long you're going to live you never know what's going to happen but you do know that now you have the opportunity to to start that change that's right yeah and start on whatever level you can physical mental you know we hope that you'll you know entertain starting on a spiritual journey as well you know, and combined all of those things, you know, follow the wisdom, you know, in material society, they say, follow the money. <laughs> we say, follow the wisdom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah. you'll feel better right away. You know, really, you will. You'll feel better inside. Physically, you know, according to your physical condition, you know, it may not get immediately better or you may have such a severe situation where you're not going to get better physically mm. you know there's a point where all the diets and exercise and everything else is just it, it doesn't work because it's it's past that point mm. you know but you can you, you're still you you're still the person who can have that you know spiritual you know health and, and, and enlivenment and, mm. you know, calmness and peace and, you know, the journey is, you know, just, this is just one part of the journey and the body's temporary, you know, whether you live to be 150 or whatever, you know, it's still temporary, <laughs> yeah. you know. So like I say, I know that any, any given moment and that moment will come when it is, I'm not sure, I don't know at all, but when it comes, it comes. You know, and I don't care how much carrot juice you drink, you're not going to prevent that. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I, I don't know, do we have time for a little chant? I guess you're a technician on your end. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do, actually. Yeah, so we let's, don't always make time for that. That's one of the main activities we do in our personal practice, the kirtan. Uh Along with the individual techniques, yes. but if we're gonna, I guess we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, like, yeah, mm? like here at our Chintamani studio, we do kirtan every day, you know, every day. We do online, you know, uh, so others can take part as well. So the mantra will be Goranga Haribo. All you do is just listen to what I chant and then you repeat.
Sankirtan. <laughs> Thanks. Great fun. Very nice. Yeah. Nice. You know, life is meant to be joyous, really. And uh, if it's not, then something's wrong. You're going to get some wisdom. Yeah. But if you're trying to have a joyous life from material sources then it won't be joyous. So, <clears throat> the soul by nature is a joyous person. Thank you. And when you connect with that source of joy, then the Supreme Lord, through you know, real yoga, union, linking with the Supreme Lord, then, yeah, it's automatic. So it's all the mercy of the Lord, like my health, my opportunities I've had, it's all, you know, as, as it's stated, divine grace, you know. It's not anything I did. I just was given a lot of, you know, wonderful things. And you're using those, and that's wonderful. And we, yeah. we appreciate Try, that. Trying to do something. <laughs> yeah. So Ruben, it's been great, as always, you know. Always. One of these days we'll get up there to the north. I'm looking forward to that. I'm so looking forward to that. And it's going to be really amazing to have you here someday, Valkia. We were we were planning that right before the COVID. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, Ruben and I had big plans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before COVID, you know, a lot of very wonderful activities out in nature and filming and, you know... Yeah, but, you know, things change. That's the material world, constant flux. And now we do this instead, you know. We probably wouldn't have done a podcast if if we had not, if that, this hadn't happened. That's right. If if things hadn't happened as they did, we wouldn't be doing this. So, yeah, you know. So, again, thank you very much. Anyone who may be watching this, we thank you very much for doing so. Your interest is very valuable to us mm. or listening yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Mm. so uh, yeah if you got any comments I'm sure you know Ruben and I would be happy to hear those questions thoughts yeah mm. yeah comments questions thoughts and if we accumulate you know a good list of questions we can have a 
question and answer session. Yeah. Yeah. Love to tell that. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone. I got to run. Yeah. Thank get, you, Malkia. Get on to the next, the next part. Next part of your, <laughs> of your, of your. In, in a sense, it's a relaxed program. I just know that you're kind of, you're just enjoying. I mean, it seems like your days are. It's not like so much pressure, but you're putting in enough free time there to just like, okay, take it easy and. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Important. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. If, if you enjoy what you're doing, it's it's a pleasure. <laughs> All right. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste to everyone. We thank Slava for his technical expertise and our Chintamani team and our dear beloved spiritual masters for giving us the guidance, wisdom, and opportunities. Namaste. So that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening. And I really hope that you felt and that you feel as inspired as, as I did. And, uh, Please share with your friends if you did. Also, give us your thoughts and comments so that we can bring them up in the next episode. Perhaps answer some of your uh, concerns and questions. And uh, hope to see you next week again. Remember to stay true to yourself and dare to break trail. Mm-hmm.